Just before we begin, if you enjoy this episode, check out patreon.com forward slash filler, where you can donate however much you can afford each month to support the series so that we can keep making the podcast. The link's in the description. Thanks so much, guys. Hi, I'm Harry. And that's Matt. Hey. And this is Filler, a creative industries podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to Fuller Podcast. Today we're in the glorious Ozone Coffee for the first time ever. Um, they've let us record here. It's a beautiful space. Um, just a quick mention before we begin. We're going to be here on Saturday next week for Filler Live. Um, 45 of you have already signed up for tickets, which is crazy. So there are only limited spaces left. So if you want to get on it, look at our Facebook page, look at the event uh, and sign up quickly before spaces run out. But that is all insignificant information. Uh, in comparison to the level, the gravity with which we are witnessed, we're witnessing right now with Michael Payne in front of us. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> How's it going with you? Are you alright? Or oh, was I meant to leave a period of suspense just there <laughs> yeah. as well? Have I ruined suspense enough? Yeah. Um, <laughs> dude, guys, this is this is the final proper episode of season two. This is the finale. Thanks for being here. Damn, I've, do you know what? This is my second finale in two days, man. <laughs> what? Yeah, really? it just seems like people just want to get me in last. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel I feel like that last but not least guy, isn't it? You know what I mean? Definitely no, it's, not it's least. Cool. No, I did. I did. Um, I did uh, Charlie Sloth's wrap-up show yes. yesterday, yep. Amazing. and that was the last ever one. Wow. Do you know what I mean? So, yeah, it, it feels wicked to come on uh, to, to another sort of, uh, to a, you know, uh, another esteemed uh, platform and, oh, and be the, the last, oh, be, be picked as the last one. It's, I think it's, it's, a, it's a big honour, man, Shucks. honestly. Shucks. Thank you very much. Um, no, it's, it's a pleasure to have you with us. For uh, listeners who don't know, uh, Michael Payne is, is a musician. You yeah. make music. Yeah. Um, you do much think, more than that you know, nowadays. I'd say, I'm a, I'd say I'm, I'm a writer more than a musician. Reason being, I don't want to take away any credit for people that actually make music. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 like, yeah. I think that's a very separate and amazing like talent in itself. So when people say to me, oh, you're a musician, I always say, no, I'm more of a writer because I don't play any instruments and mm. I don't actually make music. And no. I, would, I would write whether... Um, whether it was to music or not. Or you, well, you write I mean? you write to music, you write to your Instagram. Ex- yeah, your Instagram yeah, exactly. is an example of your wordsmith. Exactly. It's, it's all about creative writing for me yeah. and it just so happens that a part of that and I suppose my forte is writing to music. Do you know what I mean? But I, you know, I can do it about, you know. So yeah, I, d- I don't want to take no, anything no, no. away from course, musicians course, at all. Um, and so music is, 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 is the majority of life. There's lots of things that you do now yeah. nowadays that aren't just that. There's mm-hmm. artist management, there's, there's um, uh, having your own radio show. Uh-huh. Um, all these things, we're going to talk about the basic the progression towards that eventually built up to you having all this, this incredible yeah, kind yeah. Of plethora of projects on, on, on the table. How did, that, how did that kind of, what ignited that passion for you as, as a kind of in music and in creativity? What ignited that in your early, in your early stage of your life? Um, well, to be fair, I think it was more a, a convenience thing um, than, than an ignition. Like, basically, I, I can't put my finger on the point in my life when I decided I wanted to be a creative writer. I think it just happened, didn't it? Like, the fact that I got put through uh, a Western education, people identify signs in it in, in people's, like, 
work in, in, in their written work and, and being in primary school there was a lot of written work and, and I wasn't you know I've always been uh, I wouldn't say I was the, the the most well behaved pupil in school but I was without sounding arrogant always one of the most intelligent mm. do you know what I mean yeah, yeah, yeah. so I used to get my stuff done and I, I, you know what I mean I, I might have you know, I got up to some mischief in school, but I got I got stuff <laughs> done in it. I don't yeah, know, I yeah, don't know yeah, if I'm allowed yeah. to swear on it. Yeah, of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Got shit done. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and like, I think as time went on, obviously intuitive teachers and you know observant teachers are gonna identify certain traits of people's written work in it. And mine, with mine, it was always um, that I don't, I don't, I, I think it was. Do you know what it was? Right, now? Nah. But through this, this is almost like therapy, isn't it? Because you just <laughs> asked me, yeah, yeah. What, at what point did I, uh, did I realise I wanted to write creatively? And I couldn't pinpoint it, but now just going, no, just trying, trying to answer the question, I'm actually figuring it out. It was the fact that I, when I used to do homework and stuff, yeah? No, when I used to come home from school, I wasn't allowed out to play straight away. In fact, on weekdays, it was very rare that my friends saw me playing out. I had to stay in and do homework, right? had to get all my work done and separate studies as well. My dad basically forced us to do separate studies, you know, even like, you know, beyond what the curriculum was telling us to do. And um, so that meant there weren't a lot of time to play out on weekdays. And um, so when every, when every other kid was probably going, going to bed, I was staying up and watching like quite adult comedy. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I, had, I had a certain level of wit way beyond my years after a while. And back then, obviously, I feel like a dinosaur saying this, but they weren't like MSN or, yeah. and that's going back still. Do you know what I mean? Like, but you know, there weren't, there was not definitely not Facebook. There weren't even the internet when I was, a, do you know what I mean? It weren't a thing that you had readily at your disposal. It was probably going on in some military base somewhere, the internet, <laughs> yeah. but it weren't, do you know what I mean? It weren't a commercial thing, do you get me? So all we had really was uh, like to, to express ourselves. It was only really as a kid through, through sport or some sort of like shining in some sort of way mm. in school in it do you know yeah. what I mean yeah 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 and um what was what was can you remember any of the comedy that you used to watch or is it used to love Frasier yeah Third Rock from the Sun Euro Trash um what else oh god wait um, so, so you're an eight year old I was a proper watching kid watching yeah, Frasier yeah. yeah did you get it yeah I started to <laughs> I, was, I swear to god because I watch it now like nostalgically, and I think I remember everything that was going on in this episode. I remember yeah. kind of what I got from it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. developed this certain level of wit, and and I I loved the way that these things remained so coherent and so slick, and the way not only did it make me laugh, but they managed to kind of refer back to things. Do you know what I mean? And make it a long running gag, and just the whole concept of every part of like comedy and just creative writing, but especially on the comic comical side of things. You know. I was always super interested in that. And then um, I think when I went to secondary school, obviously, you know, like, don't get me wrong. I used to get, you know, good marks in, in primary school and that, but it gets a lot more serious in it in secondary school, isn't it? And um, my, I remember my, my primary school head teacher, like, rest in peace. He, um, he told my dad, he gave my dad this prospectus in it. And when, when, you know, when all the secondary schools come to like a primary school to hand over their prospectuses yeah. and all that, have like a little open evening, no one else 
uh, saw this prospectus. He kind of got my dad into his office and he showed him this secret prospectus for the London Oratory in it. So my dad sent me there and um, even though it was a really good school, like I was in the same class as uh, Ewan Blair, for instance, yeah? yeah. So I'm in, yeah, I'm yeah, in the yeah, Prime yeah. Minister's son's like, class. Yeah, and, yeah. But I still don't feel like I was encouraged as much as when I got expelled. I had this one English teacher who basically told me I could be a creative writer professionally. Do you get what I'm saying? And um, yeah, she, I think she's the one who kind of left the most lasting and the strongest impression. I mean that that quite late on in life and that because you saw what you knew but yeah. you didn't quite you could, hadn't quite registered yet exactly but you know there's something there she saw it and and she believed in it absolutely um so I think it was it was it was always kind of there as a product of my environment in it but it only really got confirmed and encouraged by this one person I reckon yeah. So the point was, yeah, way back when I started being exposed to this. Yeah, like I said, this comedy that was supposedly sort of beyond my years, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I reckon, yeah. You just helped me find the exact... Thanks, man. That's, that's <laughs> right, bro. This is genuinely hey, like hey. therapy. <laughs> we don't charge. Yeah. <laughs> we should. We should. We actually, yeah. actually, we had an episode like this. Who was it with? There was another person that we had a therapy episode with. Este. The first yeah. one we recorded with Este, mm. this YouTuber, was li quite literally like we were ma her managers. Yeah, yeah. Her <laughs> 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 just going, what's next for you? you know? <laughs> hey, for a while, your, your Twitter bio was host of Filler Podcast, yeah, uh, and, therapist and to, to the, the YouTube, YouTube community. community. I, I genuinely um, think yeah. I am... A, a, a points um yeah well, so, so so what age were you when you got expelled what well, was that the kind I of was, was that almost the beginning yeah yeah it was in year quite quite early on in year eight so i must have been like 12 mm. and so, so so what were you involved in music at that point did you even no. see music as an opportunity for how long how always, long until that happened always loved music um always loved music in in every sort of um stage of my life from when from when my uh my exposure to it determined my listening habits. Do you know what I mean? Because yeah, that, yeah, that yeah, yeah. you know that happens as a kid, and and you know, at first it was through my parents, um, because you know my dad was a big lover of like music. He used to play like a lot of vinyl, Bob Marley, Jackson Five. You mm. know the quintessential stuff that uh, someone who's come because my dad's Nigerian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he came over in the late seventies. So the quintessential music that uh, a black immigrant's going to play, basically, <laughs> yeah. my, my, my dad played. Yeah. He used to love Irish folk music as well, weird. which is an interesting That's thing. That's a but weird one. They had my, my parents, <laughs> Nigerians, were quite close with the Irish community. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because they were both so disrespected by the English, <laughs> I suppose, isn't it? Right. It's just yeah, like, yeah, 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 cool, we'll stick together. Because <laughs> yeah. they hate us all. Um, <laughs> like, yeah, they, they, yeah, they had a lot of, uh, they had a lot of uh, Irish friends, and yeah, they used to listen to a lot of yeah, Irish music and gospel music because they're very staunch Catholics. Right, right, yeah. My, my parents. Um, they can't have been happy when you got expelled then? No, no. Well, you know, it, I suppose it wasn't just a religious thing, innit? It's, I think any parent's going to be pissed off if they've been paying. Because, you know, it was part, uh, it's partly fee paying. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's like, it's wrong on so many levels, innit, to get expelled. My parents weren't rich. They weren't even well off in the slightest they were you know what i mean they were poor you know what i mean and uh so for them to have to scrimp and save to send me to a, the best school in the country pretty much one of them yeah. for me to then get expelled so early on i couldn't even leave it four years you know i just fully just went and ducked out just after year eight like um but yeah they 
Yeah, they 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 adapted though. <laughs> yeah, they got used to the yeah, fact you, that you, you wouldn't be you in that got school. It, yeah, so yeah. they quickly got me into another school, and yeah, like I said, I think that was quite a turning point in my life. Do you know what I mean? Um, being in Saint, being in the London Oratory, you always I always felt the class divide so much. You get me? So much. It was yeah, painfully yeah, yeah, obvious yeah, yeah. when, I, especially I lived in Hackney, innit? And this was before Hackney was Hackney. Yeah, you exactly. get me. <laughs> so not one of my not one of my um, school friends came back to my parents' house for fear of like getting robbed or something. Do you know what I mean? I can't go back to Hackney, really. <laughs> so I used to go to areas like, like you know, the really nice parts of Wandsworth and Wimbledon, and you know, after school, go back to these kids' houses and see these fucking ceilings that I couldn't touch. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> It was, yeah. yeah, it was mad. Um, I guess it's kind of. I guess it's easy to find it funny at the time, but really that that kind of that hammering into you every day has some sort of effect. I guess one hundred percent, one hundred percent. You might not notice it. Like you'll notice it then, but you'll just think it's a. You know, you always know it's a part of life in it, but I suppose there's there's different ways you 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 analyze it so differently. Even though you come, it's weird, isn't it? Because when you analyze it as a kid. And when you analyze it as an adult, there are such stark differences, but you always come to the same conclusion, innit? It's just fucking life, innit? Yeah. Some people are rich, some people are poor, innit? What are you gonna do? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a thing, like when I, was, when I was younger, I suppose all the things that I thought were, I thought, oh, that's fine now. And I, I, I think when you're younger, you always think you're more grown up than you really should be. Yeah, yeah. And, and I was anyway. So the problems that, that happened to me, I was like, oh, it's not a problem. But actually I looked back and went, fucking hell, a kid that age shouldn't have had to deal with that. Yeah, you know, yeah. they shouldn't have had to deal with that. It's mm. not fair. But it's, it's mad, isn't it? Because, you know, on, on the same token, it's like, it, it, was, it was cool that, that a contingent of, there was, there was a minority in it of, very working class people in the school like when I say minority like yeah. that's an understatement you get me like but there were like you know kid, there were other kids like me in, in the school but nowhere near as much as like I said the class divide was yeah. and the ratio it's huge would have been yeah yeah it was it was, it was quite ridiculous you get me but it, I suppose it, it, it's one of the ones where is it is it a step in the right direction kind of it, it, it is, I suppose, it can be deemed a step in the right direction, mixing up the yeah. class in that much. But when you've got so many kids feeling like the minority, then it can have a lasting effect. But f luckily for me, it had an effect on me, but you know, luckily it weren't negative. No. Luckily I didn't just go, uh, I'm, I, I want to be rich as them kids now, nah, so I'm just going to go out on the roads and start, you know what I mean, shotting or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It just kind of... Yeah, it made it made things more realistic for me. You get me, and and now obviously growing up in Hackney as well, them same kids that would never come back to my parents' house. A drinking and shit. Yeah, 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 it's yeah, mad. Yeah. It's yeah. mad. Having a nice green juice and, uh, <laughs> and ordering some avocado. Which <laughs> yeah. is exactly what I do on a weekly basis. So. <laughs> yeah. I am partial to avocado myself. <laughs> and, and so when did when did you get your, your real start in the music industry then? Did it come in, did you go to university and did it come that way? Or did you no, get an internship or something? Or how did um, oh, do you know what? Only quite recently, you know. Like when I really, really think about how long I've been a professional like songwriter, if you like. Um, it's only been quite recent. So I I was making tunes and all that, putting them out online. A um, couple of like you know you'd, you'd get you'd get the nice little um, push from like a blog or two and all that. Yeah. And you just yeah you'd mainly rely on on your, your on your friends just kind of getting the word out there for yeah. you. Even though the internet was around, you 
yeah, if, if you weren't that known at all, you yeah, like I said, you just you just relied on on word of mouth and sharing. But um, I I remember through like BBC introducing actually, we put out this one EP. I put out the, the Guinness and Black Current EP, and um, BBC picked it up through like a net, a series of like a sequence of events. You get me involved yeah. in like some key people and that, it's which was amazing. Random. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. They got involved and they they Hugh Stevens was like banging one of my tunes like week in week out on his show on on Radio One, and. Um, yeah, he was, you know the ones when you get a play, you, you get happy, you get happy one place. Yes, yes. And then, yeah. and then you get a second week and you're like, fuck, this is sick. Like, yeah, yeah, And then yeah, the yeah. third and fourth and you're thinking, fuck man, this is, this is, this is like the best thing that could, could happen at that time as well. Do you know what I mean? It was just so random. Yes. Literally yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. random. Um, and then, oh, what happened? I think around the same time I just met, I just met Ed Sheeran actually. So I was, we, we became like friends and that and I was going to his gigs and that. And, through another random occurrence, we were walking home. We were walking to Camden, I think. Yeah, he'd just done a gig on, on Old Street. We were walking to, to Camden because that's where he was staying. He was sleeping on someone's couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he wasn't from London. Being that we were friends, I said, you know, let's have a little, let's take a little bop. I'll bop to Camden with your bunny little zoo. I think it's, I think it's hard for, for people, like, mm. especially fans of our podcast, to imagine Ed Sheeran. As, 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 a, as a small musician, I yeah. know this because yeah. I, I know the backstory. But I, I, Matt, probably you probably just yeah. know the. Well, before I met you, I, I knew him as like Taylor Swift at Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you told me that he was he was essentially a grime artist before he was only a, quite a singer songwriter. Well. Yeah, 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 when you really very, think about it, man, he put out a grime EP, or an, an, it was an EP with only grime MCs on it. Yeah. In 2011, we, what can people look? Was up that on? the one you were on? Yeah. yeah, that's the collaborations EP. Exactly. Right? And yeah. is, is that the song that, that that's the song that we eventually made after well, this walk? Yeah. Do you and know obviously, what I mean? that song then turned into. Well, no, this, this is the thing. A lot of people also think that Little Lady came before the A Team, but it's actually the other way around. Oh right. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Ed, Ed had the A Team on a previous EP. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. It later went on to be uh, a single, and it was on his album, his debut Probably album. Probably one Plus. of the most well-known singles. Yeah, he ever exactly. Because it was his first ever single. Yeah. But. Before he was, before he'd been picked up by his label, he'd put that song out already on an EP. Yeah, he'd, he'd put it out on one of his earlier EPs. That was one of my favourite songs, innit? it? So while we were walking to Camden, I just said to him, you know, just in the conversation, we were talking about each other's stuff, and he, you know, he'd heard some of my music, I'd heard some of his, and um, and I was going, yeah, man, like your your A Team is my favourite song of yours. It's so like the the message in it's brilliant, Melod melodically it's brilliant. I just love the song. And he was, and, and I was like, it's weird because I wrote these bars like years ago, yeah, when I was like 19, um, called Little Lady. And some of the lyrics are really similar to, to the lyrics in The A-Team. Yeah. So he was like, oh, spit the bars to me. So we're walking along like Holloway Road, I think, a cappella, I'm just rapping these bars to him, you get me? Um, and he, 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 you know, I, I do the whole thing and the whole thing takes about five minutes to do. So yeah, it's a long song. Yeah, he's, he's listening to the tune, he's gone, that's sick. That's just so much like The A-Team. And he was like, "All right, we should record that at Jake's because Jake was Jake was is is a he owns the management company that I'm signed to. Right, he's right. obviously best known for producing uh, Plus Ed's debut album. Right, and a Jake few Gosling. tracks on Multiply. Exactly, Jake. Amazing, Gosling. yeah, yeah. So we went to Jake's where he'd ori originally recorded the A Team, and we recorded Little Lady. So I just used these verses I'd written like you know six years prior to that. Do you know what I mean? And um, <clears throat> excuse me. 
sound like I'm crying, innit? <laughs> that's, the, that's what it's going to sound like. I'm not crying. It's a happy memory. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, he, uh, yeah, we, we recorded the tune and then he put it on the EP. EP blew up massively. And that tune was like, you know, the, you know, you had Wiley on that EP, JME, Devlin. Had a, um, um, dot P Money. Dot Rotten on it. Dot Rotten. Yeah. Uh, as I said, Sway, Wretch Free 2. Yeah, yeah, had yeah. some big artists on yeah. that thing, but... Little lady, because of the because of the fact I think that you know a lot of people knew the song from when he'd released it uh, as the eighteen before, but all his new fans, it was just the message in the song as well. I, th- you know I think I, mean? the mes- I think it was the message in the yeah. song actually. Like it, I, I remember listening to it for the first time and I couldn't believe it. I listened to it for, for the first time. I was like, yeah, cool, cool. This is for the second time. I listened. Mm. Yeah, it. yeah. I, I, people I, hear music. I know. Where, I know where it was when I heard that EP. I know where it was um, because my friend told me about it. And I was in my bedroom, and I remember the bedroom because it was my mum's old, old house. Yeah, yeah. And I loved it. And I showed my mum, and she went, oh, my God, that's horrible. <laughs> like, you know, she, yeah, she yeah. listens to this, and she's like, I can't believe the story. Mm. Anyone who's listening right now should just go and... Uh, is it still out? Is it yeah, still yeah, available? Yeah, yeah. I think it's it is, on, isn't it's it? On, yeah. It's on Spotify. Yeah, I think like, it's on iTunes, Spotify. Yeah, you can still... Because he re-released all his yeah. old EPs, uh, licensed them yeah. to his label. and that. So, yeah. This old lady. It's, it's, a, it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful bit of writing. Nice one, man. Um, nice I think one. It's, it's great. And it's, yeah, it's, it's, I, I always love to think, again, without sounding arrogant, I always think, I wrote that when I was 19, do you know what I mean? And I, and I think about the, M, the, the MCs that were sort of the same age as me around, and I just think, I literally was just super left field. And again, yeah. this was all because of this, I don't know, the, the, the entertainment I'd been exposed to as a kid. Do you I know think what it's I mean? really the, your, your interest in writing as well, because I think the narrative there is what makes it individual, mm. in, in my eyes, the narrative of that story. Um, but I also think what your, your kind of almost, is it, is it fair to call it an obsession with puns? Yeah, definitely. definitely because fair, yeah. that's a massive part of your writing, isn't mm. it? Puns, and especially in your more, more recent stuff. Mm. Tell Absolutely. Tell us about why that is. Because... Man, I don't know. <laughs> I think it's, it's the, for me, it's the best way to play with words, man. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's the, it's the simplest, but for me, the most effective way to play with words. I feel, I feel, I feel like if you're going to use words for, for trickery, puns are most effective because it shows that you understand how to manipulate, a, you know what I mean, the, 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 the definition of something, the, like, the, you know, the sound of it, you know, like homophones and synonyms and all. It shows that you understand the, 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 the different uses the, the, for the, intric- the intricacies of the language exactly yeah. Yeah. It's, it's something that I don't have the ability to do my yeah. dad is amazing at it like he's, a, he's a proper writer and he does all this shit he's, mm. he's, he's an incredible guy just instantly getting these puns out our friend Greg oh, mm. God. is just amazing just in, it's almost instant right yeah um, and I just don't have that. But I think it's it's because of the sound. It's mix. It's mixing the sound of the word with the meaning at the same time as looking at how it looks on the page. Like that's also a staying big present kind in the conversation. Yeah, yeah, mm. exactly. Like it's Keep amazing. Context. Yeah. What, what's you do it on your Instagram, don't you? A lot. I think pretty much every caption yeah. is, a, is a pun. Yeah, partly right? if I post like a picture of a pair of shoes or something. Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. What's your, do you have a favourite one? Do you have a one way you go? I'm fucking happy with that one. Yeah. I've got a few still. <laughs> I've got a few, but I, I just I don't you know. I, it's weird because even though it's on Instagram, this is what it is like. There, there is partly uh, showmanship, don't get me wrong. But what I'll also say, and what not a lot of people will know, apart from close friends of mine, obviously, is even before the days of digital photography, like when we were, um, when we were going out to like Fort Park and Chessington and taking Polaroid cameras with us, ask any of my brethren, I was always writing captions 
instead of just the names of who was in the Polaroid, it was always a caption, like it describing the scene, the setting of the photo, like the scene in the photo and, and stuff like that, and just always some slick shit. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> From then, do you know what I mean? So it's always been something that I'm, and you know, how many people are going to see that? Just you, just you more time. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? But obviously with Instagram, it was just the same thing, but way more public, you know? Analog and Instagram, you're, you're doing it since way before. Mm-mm. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's like I said, don't get it twisted. I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, it's not for anyone to see, but me, otherwise, I'd have a fucking private account and I wouldn't accept anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it is, it is just something that's innate and, and, and I've been doing for a, for a long, for a, for, yeah, for a long time, yeah. I'd say, yeah. Yeah. So, we've, we've, we've met Ed, we've done this wonderful song. Um, and that gets that gets a certain amount of exposure for yourself. Mm. And, and was was there a point where you're like, oh fuck, what next? Like you know, it, it, this is a creative industries podcast. Like what create creatively? What was your mind doing then? Was it was it just completely like at that inspired time, or yeah yeah? No, at that time, like because if memory serves, I'm sure he dropped the EP in like November, innit? it? It's November 2011, I think. Potentially, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was um, 2011. I yeah, think. and. It was like that time of the year when no one's got no one apart from people who are dropping like Christmas albums or greatest hits or you know what I mean. I've got shit going on, yeah. and I'm like an unknown MC. At the time, I was still working in a bike shop, bro. Yeah, yeah. Do yeah. you know what I mean? So the only thing I'm thinking about what's next is shit. How am I gonna wake up for work tomorrow? Because I'm I'm online just checking Ed's chart position all day, all night. Because I'm thinking I'm a, I'm a part of this shit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, I'm yeah. on this EP and he's he's killing it. He's above Rihanna in the charts and and it's just mad. Like because you know there there was a bit of a family of us going on and you know we we were all very close at this point in time, um, and. So we all, it, it, you know, I felt really involved in the whole thing. So I was just right. I was riding on a on a on a wave, man. It was it was a bit of a high, and I remember I remember sort of um, being in work sometimes, and like people coming in and going, "Oh my God, you're on that tune of Ed and blah blah blah." So I knew it was. I, I probably knew it was getting out there, and it was it was pretty jokes to like. You know what I mean? Because I was doing something I loved working in a bike shop. It was something I loved doing. So they're like, why, why are you here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So some people, yeah, people get naive and think you've made yeah. one song that's kind of, it's the internet for fuck's sake. You know yeah. what I mean? Like things spread so quickly. So your wallet's never going to match up with your profile. <laughs> no, it's so true. There's, there's always a massive gap between, Ma- like between the reality. Like, like years like, a lot yeah. of the time, you know, seriously. Like, so, um. It was, uh, yeah, it was, it was always quite fun to, 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 to be doing a job I loved. I wasn't in like a, what, 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 what most would consider like a dead end job. Like I was doing something I loved, you know, I still do love bikes and cycling. So, but at the same time there was this, you know, as time went on and I saw how popular Ed was getting and, you know, he got signed and, and so, so then you start to think, okay, cool. Now it's time for, you know what I mean? There's, there's been this catapult. Now it's time for me to maybe capitalize on this, but it always clashed with work. Mm. That was the problem, innit? Yeah. And even though I loved what I did, I hated the fact that people were beginning to know who I was in that. And I didn't, like, I couldn't, I couldn't do, I couldn't sort of capitalize on that 100% of the time because I couldn't afford to because I had to be at work. So I started, like, getting into work late and getting in a lot of trouble, which obviously made me resent my manager. And the more you get angry at someone, the more you want to piss them off. So I, didn't, so I started not giving a shit if I turned up late, leaving work to, you know what I mean, uh, uh, random times and not announcing that I was going, stuff like that. And, and I remember it sort of came to a head when Ed went on tour and my manager rings me up while I've got about two hours left of a shift. 
And he's like, yeah, Ed's going to a... He's playing the uh, borderline two nights in a row and he wants you to cut, jump up on stage as his special guest and do a little lady with him. So I'm like, yeah, that's a sick idea. Um, like, what time later on tonight? He tells me the time and I'm like... I remember I was working till about 15 minutes before Ed's stage time. <laughs> so there's no way I was going to make it, innit? If I stayed at work. So my manager just went... Jake's a legend, you. Because you know more, more time, like, managers might be to you, like... Alright, you should stay and work because it, you know in the long run yeah, you yeah, need yeah, the money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Most managers, most like managers Jake's yeah, not yeah. most managers, isn't it? Jake was like, you should just walk out of work and just come and do this gig and then face the consequences later because this is a big opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, cool. Do you know what? <laughs> I'm just gonna duck out and leave work. So I, I, I cycled home, got showered, went to went to Borderline, sick gig with Ed, and then I got a disciplinary the next day. Uh, I got hand, I got slapped with like a disciplinary hearing. I got suspended, so I had to go into this hearing. I hated my manager anyway. Yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Wait, what kind of what kind of bike shop gives you gives you like a disciplinary? Like, what is this? Because because I, I left work like two. It was a, it was. Um, this sounds like a court ruling. This sounds like it's. It, yeah, it doesn't yeah. Because this is a, a you know the, the 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 cycle company which I won't name because I don't want to advertise mm. them. Fuck them. Like. <laughs> They they became they're obviously they're a chain in it they're like a they're, yeah, they're yeah, a yeah. big you know what I mean okay, they've okay. got a, a a big chain of, of cycling stores do you know what I mean yeah so it's gonna be you know quite corporate okay it? fair enough yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. so I had it I had a hearing and um, <laughs> just what happened yeah that was it I had this hearing and. Um, my manager was a proper dick, yeah, like I said, like, I, I probably hated him. So um, he, he asked me why I was, um, why I'd left work without sort of telling anyone. And um, I started, I maybe went about 10 words into my explanation and I just turned to him and I just like started insulting him. I just went, you're a fucking prick, blah, blah, blah. And just, just literally just slewing him what? because I thought, you know what? I reckon they're gonna fire me anyway. Yeah. I might as well just go out like a G. Like that's literally all that was going through my head. I knew they were gonna fire me anyway. There was no way they were gonna let me keep my job after repeated lateness. Yeah. Sometimes getting in so late that like, you know, we, we, we had this really early shift at some points when bikes got delivered. You had to be there at six in the morning. If there weren't enough people, the operation couldn't get done. It got held up in it. Do you know what I mean? Because there wasn't enough manpower to watch the store and move bikes as you got, do you know what I mean? So it just wasn't possible. Because, um, you know, sometimes they were delivering like three grand bikes and shit. Yeah. More yeah, yeah. Sometimes I didn't turn up at all like you know what I mean so the, the truck had to stay there until someone else got there probably before me and you know what I mean I was, they, they, they let it stack a little bit so, but me leaving without announcing it was like the, the straw that broke the camel's back in it <laughs> so, so that's why I had this disciplinary at that time and I just I just started killing him basically man I just yeah just <laughs> ripped into him and um, not literally killing him yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah but I just I just ripped into him and then yeah they, they fired me and the, but then that same day Ed was like, yeah, come on tour with me. Pay you a little fee every day. I thought, I've made it. Yes. I've made it. I'm going to make a little bit of money every day, plus PDs. Yeah. Get to, you know what I mean? Get to travel around the country playing a song. Do you know what I mean? Making nearly as much money for doing one song. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. With like one of my best mates. Yeah, 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 than yeah. I would like chatting to dickheads that live in Crouch End about their <laughs> fucking Bromptons. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So... Yeah, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. So yeah, I, I went on tour with Ed for, for like for ages. I remember like we I think we did like three tours together. I pretty much lived on the road for a while. Do you know what I mean? So it, that was really cool. Um, and then yeah, I just during that time I just sort of 
when I, when I, whenever I got a chance, I'd like record music, and then I started putting out more of my own stuff. Um, and that's when it got the BBC introduced. That's when it caught the BBC introducing's uh, schemes. I got my stuff played by Hugh Stevens a lot, and then played Reading and Leeds Festival under BBC introducing, and pretty much got offered a record deal as soon as I came off stage uh, at Reading Festival. Um, and then yeah, I thought, oh, sick! I'm a professional musician, like professional songwriter now. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Was it? Did it? Did it live up to that? <laughs> um. Was the excitement? I mean, the excitement. Oh man, yeah, there, no, the excitement was great, man. Like I remember the first, the first sort of uh, first single campaign was great because we didn't even need to go to radio with anything. I went on tour with Rizzle Kicks, innit? So I was playing to like over a month. I was playing to like fifty-five thousand people, and that's good promotion. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all right. You know I mean, it's, yeah. not, it's not too bad. Yeah. So we didn't need to. Uh, we didn't need to go to radio in the, with the first single. Um, and yeah, there were just like all these fortunate little bits that it, it, what looking back now on, 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 at my time with, um, you know, Virgin EMI, it was, there were some cool little bits, man. I I won't lie. I'd say the the whole experience in general was, it didn't work out as well as it should have. Right. That's what I'll say. Yeah. 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 Do you know what I mean? Because if I was going to be, if I was going to say, I'm going to be candid and go, Oh, it was a shit experience. That wouldn't be nowhere near true. There were some really good experiences. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah? But I think it just wasn't a success. Right. Do you get me? Owing to some, I don't know. Timing was a factor, but I just think some people's, um, how do I put it? Diplomatically, let's say fair attitude. Yeah. Well, I think like one of the, I was watching Julie, Julie Adenuga as a, as a thing on, um, mm-hmm. it's not, it's not on beats. It's a different, it's a different thing that she does. Oh, um, uh, is it take, take a one? I don't know what TV, it's something on YouTube. Is it play forward or something? No, that's Carly. Something Smith. like that. Anyway, she has a show and, and she did this chat with independent artists. And one of them said something really true, which is that no one will ever, fight for you as much as you will exactly and, and, I, and I feel like that's there's no truer way in that in, in than in music absolutely um, because there's a ton of amazing people like Jake Gosling like all these kind of cool people in the music industry that that have like just unbelievable amounts of experience and respect mm. for artists there's plenty of others who are in it for the op- for opposite reasons absolutely yeah I think um you should all in every in every walk of life like in every aspect of life you should always ultimately look after number one but it doesn't mean that for me that I've grown I've grown up to learn that that doesn't necessarily mean being cutthroat or ruthless or or like maliciously opportunistic it just means that you know what I mean you, you've, you've got to survive in it so if something if, if it's you or them then you mm. <laughs> it's you <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah. and I think that's what look after number one should mean but it doesn't mean that you should just be a dick if there's something for everyone to gain I don't think then you should go alright look after number one okay it's all mine do you yeah, know what yeah, I mean yeah yeah of course of course um, and yeah there are people who are just yeah they do have ulterior motives and, and they're not in this to kind of further a scene or you know what I mean to to, to, to enhance a scene or, or make a scene uh, uh, help a scene progress or or even a, an, a, an act a specific act uh, progress they're just in it for personal gain purely do you know what I mean and, and there are too many works. people like that yeah yeah, I yeah, think yeah they are the people that give the uh, music industry on the whole a bad name yeah yeah well they're often the loudest as well I expect mm. um, so let's let's bring it right up to today or 
yesterday was it or the day before that you released cp 26 so what friday was it friday, yeah, yeah, was last it friday long yeah. oh my god this week has gone so quickly already yeah, trust me <laughs> the whole year is going quickly yeah right? dude those loop those leap years they, they yeah. fuck you right up <laughs> yeah. no idea what's going on <laughs> it all adds up yeah i was um, <laughs> Yeah, it's it's brilliant, first off. And if anyone's listening, Thank you, you should man. go and download it now. Uh, it's another pun, obviously, the title of it. it is, How yeah. do you pronounce it saying it aloud? Let him see it. Let him see it. Okay, yeah, yeah. Cool. So um, it's a collaboration EP, pretty much. <laughs> well, well, half half and half. half there's and half, there's yeah. there's uh, four, there's seven songs. Yeah. And I think there are four songs with guests. Yes. Yeah. 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 Okay. So. so yeah, it's th- there are a lot of collaborations, aren't yeah. there? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so, you, so I've noticed, and I don't know if I'm allowed to like, make a point of this, you, so a lot of your music's been taken down. Is that quite deliberate? Are you, are you going That's for something new? Because I, I, I couldn't even... find Read My Lips the other day. What, on the video? Yeah, on, on YouTube. That's maybe, strange. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they... Do you know, I, I genuinely hadn't noticed. Fine, but doesn't pa- matter. No, no, no. Perhaps if they have, then it will be my managers. Yeah, because yeah, Because, you yeah, know, yeah, you yeah, start yeah. on... But what yeah. it is, is that... And, and I swear to God, like, if... I, I, I'm, I'm not even religious. I swear on my life, right? <laughs> yes, yeah. I, I would have had no, like, prior knowledge that I let my managers do what yeah. they've yeah, got yeah, to yeah. do when it comes to media. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, because they kind of know what my my mentality is if you get what i'm saying yeah. and, and i am very much drawing a line under certain uh, under yes certain things. Yeah, yeah yeah and i've drawn a line under the uh the sound of blame is barkley for instance mm-hmm. yeah and uh like let let him see ep is is such a nod uh it, it's, it's just basically me harking back to an older sound of mine yeah you know? when yeah. i first started rapping it was more sort of 90s hip-hop inspired a lot more sample based mm. um a lot more electronic lo-fi but then with the sound of Blame Is Barkley, there was a lot of guitar-led music on there. Do you know what I mean? You could have taken me off, yeah. put an indie band, an, an indie vocalist over it, and you, n- no one would be any the wiser. They would have just thought, cool, that's just the way it's meant to be. You get yes, me? Yeah, yeah. But that was because I have a genuine like love for guitar music. You know? I wanted to make an EP sounding like, uh, an album sounding like that because that was my favourite you know, genre of music uh, at, at the time of making the... Um, album and it still is to a certain degree but I have rekindled my passion for hip hop as well and I do listen to a lot more hip hop than I used to for instance I used to kind of avoid rap because I didn't want to sound like any other rappers Yeah, yeah and yeah, I just yeah. thought it was just all getting a bit shit basically I, it just wasn't to my taste in general for a while but I've kind of grown up again and um, and realised that it, it, it's just expression in it do you know what I mean and and sometimes I think people try to stop themselves from liking certain things because they feel they ought not to. Do you know what I mean? Because they feel like, oh my God, maybe it's not intellectual enough. You know what yeah. I mean? I listen to some ignorant ass rap, but that's their expression. That's their out- outlet. It doesn't mean that I necessarily um, hold the same opinions they have, share the same views, but it's fucking entertaining. So I'm going to listen to it at that point in time. And, it, and it, you know what I mean? It's going to make me feel a certain way. Do you know what I mean? Um, but I I never used to be like that. I used to think, oh man, they're rapping about this and that again. It's not intelligent enough. I was one of those people. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. But yeah, I do enjoy everything. Yeah. You know, if a good song is a good song. Yeah. And, I, and that's what coming out of being just a rapper and um, defining what I do as songwriting has done. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I am I am a songwriter, so I appreciate a good song. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah, of course. It's, it's, it's wider than just rap and lyricism now. You know what I mean? And your video, Gangster, is, 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 is an incredible video. Mm. Amazing video. It's been premiered with, on... With Complex. the illustrations, yeah? Yeah, 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 yeah. Really yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, my, that's my favorite video that I've um, yeah. sort of been involved in ever. It's, it's incredible. really, really cool, yeah. So what's the plan with the CP then? Is, are you going to tour with it? Are you going to leave it for a bit and, and work? Like, what, what's yeah, what's your hopes be... for it, man? My hope, my only hope for it is that I think I've kind of achieved it in a way. I remember like a lot of the feedback is people just been saying like, welcome back. Do you know what I mean? Literally just that. And that is what I hope to gain from it. Like, I feel like on the album, because it was so conceptually driven and, and the music might, the, the music strayed away from the, the music that had attracted my fan base originally. Not gonna lie, do you know what I mean? I'm very proud of Blame Me Sparkly, but I'm also very aware that it, it really does stray. If you listen to like, you know, The Return of Mr. Payne, um, you listen to, yeah, you know, Read My Lips, uh, I Can Feel It, the whole Guinness and Black Hearn EP, you listen to like, uh, You Guessed It, <clears throat> they've all got particular sounds, do you know what I mean? They've, they, they've all got different sounds, even like, you know, the, the Morris Dancer EP, which I put out uh, earlier, the Party Animal EP, they've all got different sounds, but they've all got, something kind of ties them in together, yeah. do you know what I mean? There's, yeah. But Blame Is Barkley is just way different to anything I'd done before. The whole sound of Blame Miss Barkley. Um, so I think it threw, maybe threw some people off. Yes, yeah, okay. Um, so I think Let Him See It, even though it's, you know, I've put out a lot of work between Blame Miss Barkley and Let Him See It. Um, this is your proper return. Yeah, like to just bars, man. <laughs> like, yeah, it's not yeah. even, I'm not even trying to fuck around and make a conceptual song or nothing. I'm just like, yeah, bars. Let's just rap. Literally just wrap our asses off, you get me? And that's what every MC that came through for it does. And that's why I called him Let Him, let him See It. Because I never had the name before. I, I, the, the name came last. Yeah, the name came last. I realised it's just, this is just the just an come forward, the bars, presenting yeah. their best and that's that. Mm, that's this it. Is, this, is, this is it. It's about them, yeah, for real. Huh. That's a question for both of you guys. Mm. I, mean, I mean, so I, I'm originally from Canada, from Toronto, and it seems like, I guess in Canadian and American hip-hop and, and sort of like the, the rap scene as well, um, there isn't, I guess I'll just come up flat out and say it, it's a lot less intelligent, it seems like. Um, it just seems like there isn't as much thought going into the music and the lyrics as, I mean, Harry's introduced me, uh, I met you now, and um, a, few of, uh, uh, a few of his friends. And Wait, it I seems tell you like what. The first gig I took you to was was Michael Payne. It was. Was it? An Exo Man. Where yes. was that? Uh, Queen of Oxton. Yeah. Oh, that was where you, uh, where yeah, you photographed? Yeah, pictures. Oh, yeah, of course. And that was like a week after I moved here. That was a week after Matt moved here. I said, I you got to so come to the gig. that gig. <laughs> that is the worst choice I could <laughs> and, possibly... And Matt, can, but can you imagine, right? Little Matt, little kind of sheltered Toronto-based Matt, coming in with two girls that have never heard of grime before coming in an exo man getting yeah. a girl on stage telling <laughs> to oh, talk her out and all that. yeah it was quite yeah was what NSF an introduction w. to london yeah. like i mean sorry i've interrupted you there. that's okay really <laughs> maybe a better word for it then is that there's less it seems like there's less ego involved do you guys think that's accurate and, and then i think that informs the the uh, the music itself oh i think i think there's a lot I think there's a lot more focus on the on the kind of wordsmith, the kind of the the, the well the, over here, over yeah. here, yeah, one hundred percent. 
I think the, the thing, do you know, I, I, sometimes I put it down to in the UK, we've still got so much to prove. I think everyone sort of deep down feels that there is, is so much to prove as a, as, a, as, a, as a nation, if anything, do you know what I mean? As, a, as people who adopted, uh, you know, hip hop and all its offshoots and do you know what I mean? The art of, because even though, it's big, it's big for a UK, art, UK rap artist to get big in America. Yeah, it? the it's bigger than them yeah. to get us, us to get big they, in America. They invented hip hop. You know what yeah. I mean? They, you know what I mean? Americans invented hip hop. It's as simple as that. So, to get a cosign is an, a is a massive thing. Mm. And even though I don't think you should strive for it, I don't think you should turn your nose up at it if it comes. A lot of people when they go. Oh yeah, Kanye is co-signing. He was the artist I had in mind, actually. Yeah, yeah. people <laughs> will go, oh yeah, but why do you, you know what I mean? Why do they care if Kanye cares? Yeah. Blah blah blah. It's like, have you seen what Kanye's done? <laughs> mm. You know what I mean? In any walk of life, if if so, what would they be going? If if someone said, yeah, um, fucking Pele said um, Deli Ali or or like. Yeah, for, for instance, like Harry Kane, for instance, yeah, an, Eng- an English football play- player. If 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 Pele went, oh yeah, Deli Ali, um, or Harry Kane, yeah, they're they're an amazing footballer. Would um, anyone be going, oh yeah, man, you should turn your nose up at that? No, because, that'd like, be yeah, amazing. Be, be, just because he's Brazilian, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, no, it's because yeah, it's obviously yeah because you know Brazil has been uh, is known that their reputation is solid, isn't it? They are a, yeah. a massively successful footballing nation. So a cosign from anyone, let alone a legend from yeah. that. Do you know what I mean? You're gonna yeah. cover it, right? Yeah, you're gonna cover it. Yeah. And, I think that's a good way of looking at it. Yeah, Britain has that gap, doesn't it? It has that gap to fill, so artists might strive to be better, yeah. to be more intellectual with their totally. words. So, uh, and America's so far forward with it that they can do what they want now. Mm. Do you know what I mean? They can do what they want now. And I think on an artistic level, it's, I think it's, it's really brave to... Like, young fuck. He's brave as fuck, man. As an artist, he's brave. And I rate that. Even if I don't bump like his music all day I understand why people like anything now that's what I meant by I've grown up yeah artistically. yeah yeah you know I grew up lyrically and I grew up artistically and Good. I think the, the 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 form like you know people do it in different stages in it or in in a different order I grew up lyrically first but then I grew up artistically and I realized that you don't have to be lyrical to be entertaining you know what I mean sometimes you can overthink things and that's why like cannabis is one of the best MCs in the history of MCing, right? But when was the last time you checked for him online, Never. listened to him on yeah, Spotify, yeah. bought one of his? Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter how good you are. Sometimes it's just a zeitgeist, and if people feel you, they feel you. If they don't, they don't. It's as simple as that. That's what you know. What I mean, it's a, it's a lottery, and it's a yeah. it's a massive gamble. And I guess, like, and I guess, a, a mature, well, not necessarily a mature artist, but a, an artist that might be at peace with themselves will accept that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We have tons of young people that are that are going to be listening to this episode, and um, I think a lot of them, uh, I suppose, a good portion of them have studied music or producing music or trying to break into the industry. Um, like what, what tools do you use or what would you recommend for someone who's trying to crack in? Um, like what piece of software or what, what, what's the first step to, 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 to make it happen? 
pen and a pad, man, without yeah. sanding old school. Because I, I that just was coming, write. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, you know, don't get me wrong. I, uh, Download off the I app only, store. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> this Imagine, yeah. There's an app called Ped and Pan. Uh, Ped and Pan. Pan. Oh, <laughs> wordsmith, Michael Payne. Pen everyone. and Pad. Yes, I love a good spoonerism. Um, yeah, no, that. And I say that figuratively if, if they do want to just write on an iPad or a fucking iPhone or a laptop, like pen and pad, like just start writing. That's, yeah. that's, that's all you can do at first. You've got to have something, you've got to have some substance in it. Perfect it to, and when I say perfect it, like just make it so that you like it. And because every single thing, if any artist with any uh, with, with an ounce of self-respect is going to want to like what they put out, and then they'll, they're also going to know that success is basically the measure of how many people have this have, have the the same taste as you at that point in time. Do you get what I'm saying to you? So if I put out a tune and bare people like it at that, loads of people like it at that time, that was just the luck of the draw. That was just the general feeling at that time attached to that tune. I could have put it out a day before and it wouldn't have banged as much as it did. Some, the, the chain of events, the, do you know what I mean? And, and yeah, just, just, I don't know, just keep, keep cracking at that, you know what I mean? Just, you know, re- remain productive, but put, put only, only um, put things out when, when you're actually happy with it. Do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, take it from there, really. Do you know what I mean? Everything else will come, you know what I mean? In, there'll, there'll be a sequence of events, and, but I can't, I can't even guarantee that there will be. Do you know what I mean? But it's, I think you should just make a start. I think those are the only tools you need, in imagination and, and something to write it down with. Well, there you go. That's, that's a pretty all-encompassing piece of advice. <laughs> Filmmakers, designers, yeah, singer-songwriters. Anyone. <laughs> Podcasters, um, whatever you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, podcasters. That'd nice. be pretty cool to have someone. Maybe we should interview podcasters. That would get proper meta, then, wouldn't it? <laughs> um, okay, this has been like awesome. Thank yeah, you cheers, so much man. No, no, for coming on. Listen to my ramblings. Yeah, no, it's it's really cool. And and thank you everyone for listening. If you want to go check out Michael Payne online, where can we find you? Oh uh, yeah, just across the board, like Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube. It's all Michael Payne, M I K I double L P A N E. Let him see EPs out now on iTunes, Spotify, and, I, uh, and Apple Music. Um, and yeah, hopefully be playing somewhere near you soon. Yeah, we'll put all those links in the description, um, and we'll also put a link, little plug, to our live event, which you yes. should come to. Um, and yeah, if, if if you can't come, come next time, and maybe we'll be touring around the world within a few months. Uh, we'll just see how it goes in London first (laughs) so thank you very much for listening Um, we'll see you next week goodbye goodbye Filler is a podcast created, hosted and produced by Matt Shaw and me, Harry Hitchens we'd love to hear what you thought of the episode so do get in touch on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook we're at Filler Podcast on all of those networks You can subscribe to the podcast for free on SoundCloud or on iTunes. And while you're there, if you did enjoy the episode, do leave us a comment or review as it really helps us out. We'll put all of those links in the description of this episode. Our resident photographer is George Muncie. He shoots all the photos that you see on our social media pages and you can find more of his work at georgemuncie.com. Our theme music was produced by the talented and brilliant Scott Quinn. To hear more of his music, visit soundcloud.com forward slash Scott underscore Quinn.